the day and sees the destiny that God has for us. Amen. Amen. When you read the Bible, you see that Jesus is constantly in prayer. In Luke chapter 5, verse 16, often he heads to the wilderness for prayer. In Mark chapter 1, verse 35, he would get up early in the morning while it was still dark, leave the house, head out to a solitary place and pray. So it's not surprising that when he is approaching what we know as Passion Week, that Jesus heads out to a garden where he had prayed with his leaders before. And we learn a little bit about what happened that night, late night, in, Mar in uh, Matthew chapter 26. And I'd like us to open our Bibles. If you're here, would you say yes? I love the Bible. It's even okay to open your Bible and read your Bible. Chapter 26 of chapter 26, verse 36. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. So this is like a private, a private garden. Some believe that it was owned by Mark, and uh, not Mark Garner, but it was owned by <laughs> Mark. And uh, it had walls all around the garden, and there was a gate there. And it's called Gethsemane, which actually means olive press. It's uh, the olive garden, the first olive garden. <laughs> and so Jesus comes into the olive garden. And if you've been there, it's quite a sight. Uh, they say that there's eight or nine trees that may have been there now that were there when Jesus was there. And uh, so Jesus comes into the olive garden and he tells uh, eight of his uh, leaders, now you stay here, kind of guard the gate, watch over that. And he said, hey, Peter, James, and John, they had been with him on the mountain of transfiguration and they had been exposed to the glory. I don't know if that's why Jesus chose them, that they had been inculcated with the glory. Anyway, he wanted them to be close in the garden. And so he's with these guys and he becomes vulnerable and he said, listen, my soul, man, it's like sorrowful even to death. Now you guys, you stay here 
And Jesus says, stay here and keep watch with me. It's interesting he didn't say pray because the word watch means stay awake, like don't go to sleep, be alert and vigilant. And then in verse 39, Jesus says, now look, I'm gonna go just over there a little, little ways. I'll be right over there. And Jesus, at this moment, Passion Week, cross, almost there. And now he's sorrowful even to death. And verse 39 says, he comes in and he's on the ground and he is in this battle, spiritual warfare. And in Luke chapter 22, Later, he refers to what is happening that night as this hour where uh, darkness is reigning. So this is not a happy worship service like right now. And there are times when you understand that what Jesus was going through was a battle and it was spiritual warfare and that he was becoming the sin offering and Jesus was taking the sins of everyone everywhere. In fact, let's get personal this morning and take it from everywhere to me. I can't comprehend it with my mind because I can't comprehend the spiritual realm. But Jesus is on his face and there is a spiritual warfare and there is a reigning of darkness that night. And in fact, the Bible says in Luke 22, verse 44, and being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. So this was, this was a night and Jesus is praying, he says in verse 39, and some theologians believe that in this darkness, the enemy was trying to get him and influence him. Remember, he's sinless, but he's 100% human and 100% God. And there's some kind of pull there that would like to pull him from the cross. And Jesus is saying, if there's another way, Let's go that way. However, Holy Father, he calls him my father. Irrespective of what I have decided or would like to, to do, my father. Say that, my father. My father. I want... I know you have a plan here, and I'm going to go all the way with the plan, no matter how it crushes me, I'm going with you. Hallelujah. And he prays. And then, the next verse. Are you ready? Are you ready? Verse 40. So he's on his face. He's interceding. He's crushing the powers of darkness. He is praying for us. There's some aspect of the sin that he is taking at that moment in prayer. And I'm sure he's thinking, he said, I got three guys with me. Surprise. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. And he says, 
doesn't condemn them, just states a fact. Uh, like, couldn't you guys keep watch with me for one hour? Couldn't you at least stay awake? Isn't it amazing how you can watch Netflix till midnight, three hours and like, be like this, and then try to pray? Best thing in the middle of the night, if you can't sleep, just decide, I'm going to pray. You go right to sleep. I wish we all could say we're great people of prayer. But if I asked you to raise your hand, I'm sure everybody in the room would say, wish I could pray a little more. And I'd be the first to have my hand touching the ceiling up here. And I don't know what it is about prayer, but it's easier to be on your phone checking out what everything is happening on Instagram and every picture that has ever been Photoshop that is coming up and you, oh, they went here and they did this and they went over there and I got to pray. I'd rather see what Barbara's doing. Let's keep on the text here. And then Jesus says to them, remember, what did he tell them? What did he tell them over here? All he said, he didn't even tell them to pray. He said, keep watch. The Greek word is stay awake, and some say alert and vigilant. And then he says to those guys and to us, verse 41 Read it out loud, really loud. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Praise God. This may be one of the most amazing verses in, in the entire Bible. Look at the import of that. Let's let's break that down. Watch, stay awake, be alert. And when you're alert, remember, we're alert to what God is doing and not just the enemy. Some people are always alert to what the enemy, hey, get behind me. Because when you're alert to what God is doing, he has to follow where you're going rather than lead the way. He said, watch. Stay awake. And then he said to them, pray. Say it, pray. Pray. Turn to somebody and say, pray. 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 And then he says that this is the path to not fall into temptation or succinctly, sin. You say, well, I've fallen into sin. How's your prayer life? I'll move right along. And all he says here is pray. Keep watch. And here, we learn some things, not only from Jesus in the garden, but we learn what he teaches regarding our garden, because we all have a garden, and the garden is a place of pressure. The garden is a place of of great strongholds holding you back. You feel it. How many know what I'm talking about? You can be in this situation, you feel resistance. You can't see anybody, you feel it. Wednesday, all afternoon I'm praying. I'm thinking I should preach on that. I think I'm preaching on this. And then I'm confused. 
and then I feel like I'm all alone in the whole world, and I feel like I'm, I'm fighting invisible forces, and as I step back, I was. Because I hadn't intended to do this, and when you begin to talk about the garden, the enemy doesn't like that, because he wants us not to be, not to do what Jesus did in our garden, and that is to decide that we are going to watch and we're going to pray. And we're going to be alert to what God is doing. And we're going to step out and go places we have never gone before. And we're going to do things that we have never done before. And we're going to see things happen that we have never seen before. And our greatest temptations, often, all of us together, are simply to quit to stop, to get into the quagmire of doubt and unbelief and then enter into a season of our life that we can best be described. We walk in discouragement and we're defeated. And somehow we see the things around us as things that are bigger than God is. We have to say, now wait a minute. I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I'm telling you, I'm going to my prayer chair, and I'm going to open my Bible, and you may sit in that room quietly, but don't un underestimate what is happening because you are taking your stand for your family. We have students that are here, college, high school, you're taking your stand for, for your future. And you have decided you're not joining the gang of average, ordinary people that you have been called by God. Watching all these people up here front this morning, worshiping God, destined by God to lead in this nation, to be able to lead godly lives and to impact our culture and our, this generation. It's time that we rise up and we say, now wait a minute, I may be one, and I may be sitting quietly in the morning, I'm not even lift, lifting my voice, but I am sitting there, I'm taking my stance, and I am praising the Lord, and we might lift our hands and pray in praise and begin our prayer by saying, thank you, Jesus. We may not feel anything, but we can say, hallelujah, I praise you this morning. I'm going to stay in this chair. I don't know what's going to happen. I may feel it. I may not feel it. But I'm making a stance and sitting here, and I'm declaring that God is going to work in my situation, and I'm not giving up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we have to pray. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, Verse 18, it says that we are to pray on all occasions and all kinds of prayer. We pray in the Spirit. We pray in the Spirit. We pray in the unknown language, glossolalia. We begin to pray in the Spirit. I have in my car when I leave a, our area there, we, I live on the interstate, pray for me, and I leave at that point and I go down a couple intersections there on the interstate, and I, not every morning, but I, I said, I'm gonna pray in the spirit, in the car, by myself, and I ask, and I say, Jesus, teach me to pray like you pray. I'm not that good at it, and I don't feel like praying right now, but I say, Jesus, help me to pray like you pray, and then I say, Holy Spirit, you are the one that helps me pray. I am incapable of praying, but I thank you that I have the Holy Spirit, and I want to pray like Jesus prayed, and I'm not satisfied with the way I pray, but I think I can make another step towards you, and you pray in the Spirit. Don't stop praying in the Spirit. Baptized with the Spirit of power. Anointed by the Holy Spirit. And pray in your language. Your own language. How many speak Portuguese? Raise your hand, say yes. How many pray, can pray in Spanish? Right? Just raise your voices. How many pray in Russian? 
How many pray in uh, French? German? Any other language? Good. How many pray in English? Pray. Pray in the morning. Pray quiet prayers. I was getting dressed this morning, praying in the, getting ready, praying in the spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I knew the enemy wouldn't like this, this talk this morning, so I was revving myself up, and I was revving myself up in the spirit that I don't care what he throws at me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach, and I'm going to preach in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Pray quiet prayers. Do a prayer walk. Pray around your house. Gather your family together. Don't pray long. Pray for five minutes. Lay hands on your husband or wife or kids. Pray a prayer of power over them. Pray all kinds of prayer. Pray when you walk. Pray inside when you are going through the day. Hallelujah. Jesus says to them, he said, now you watch. Stay awake. Be alive. See what I'm doing. Be alive. Be intentional. And then pray. Pray. Say it. Pray. Turn to somebody and say, pray. 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 And then he goes on here in verse 42 and 43. Goes over it again. Not something I like to do, want to do. My natural inclination is not to do it. Your plan. Not my natural thing to do. Your plan. Three times. So it's okay to repeat a prayer sometimes. Jesus prayed it three times. So you can pray it more than once. That's why the Bible says keep on, keep on asking. Keep on, keep on asking. Keep on knocking. Keep, keep on. Don't you stop. Don't you stop praying and pray for things that are impossible. In my prayer book, I have some things and hope no one ever reads them because I have some audacious prayers that are unreasonable. They are crazy prayers and not one of them that I can do myself, but I like to write them down because I'm not, I'm not writing down a prayer I can do. I'm writing down a prayer that only God can do. I'll just say again, we will be a part of the greatest awakening in the history of the Christian faith, and I'm glad for what's happening in all over the world, but I'm excited about what is happening in Orlando on this nine acres here in Florida, right here, in the name of Jesus. Now, I'm declaring 500 guests on Easter Sunday. I'm declaring that this place will be packed on Good Friday for an hour services. We acknowledge what Christ did on the cross and on that Wednesday night, the one night, and next week, our Palm Sunday, I'm declaring that this will be an Easter that the enemy will remember forever and ever and ever because we seize the moment and seize the day. We learn... From Jesus in the garden, he teaches us, you better pray in your garden. Secondly, he teaches us, boy, this is an offensive word, I'm sorry I'm using it. He teaches us something about being number two about being submissive. Now all of us, by nature, don't like anyone telling us what to do. Don't look at me like that. (laughs) How many, there's a part of you, do not like to be told what to do? If you didn't raise your hand, Lying in church. (laughs) God forgive you. I just haven't, I was terrible in my, well anyway. We just don't like people telling us what to do. That's our nature deal. 
And it's hard for, it's hard for us to submit to his ways. Now, we just don't want to do it. And then we squirm around when he puts us in a position. And there are some positions that we're in, God doesn't want us in, but when it's a God place and we're squirming and we're trying to get out. Because we, we keep resisting. Before we come to Christ, we're resisting. Why do we resist? I don't think it's just that we don't believe God exists. It's just we don't want to do it. And it's good logic, but wrong. Jesus, the Son of God, the Bible says in Philippians 2, 8 and 9, he humbled himself to obedience, obedience, even the obedience of the cross. But let's pick up the next verse. Because the Bible says that now the Father gave him a name that is above every name. So now his name is, is ascending over every work of Satan. In fact, 1 John 3, 8 says that he came to destroy, not negotiate, not reason. He came to destroy the works of the devil. And so in prayer... What we are doing, we are agreeing in power with a powerful Jesus and we are declaring what he broke that is now trying to work in our families and in our circumstances. We are agreeing what he, with what he did. We're not initiating something that we are deciding to pray about. We are agreeing to the one Victory that was won through Christ on the cross and the resurrection. So now we walk around submitting, understanding he has something better for us than if we don't submit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. His name is above every name. He came to destroy the works of the devil. Depression, fear, confusion, autism, ADHD, eating disorders, failure. And I felt as I wrote this down, the next one, that as I say it, someone today in one of these two services will be delivered from PTSD and you don't have to have that the rest of your life and I command it to leave now in the name of Jesus. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. And we are rebuking autism. We will not stay with autism in the name of Jesus and learning disabilities. We are not. We are taking our offense against every demonic spirit in the name of Jesus. We are not passive, and we will not watch what the devil does, and we will fight. Oh, I'm out of breath. Praise God. It's amazing. It's amazing how the enemy attacks our children and our families. It was April 2008 when one of our grandchildren was brazenly attacked by the enemy. Grace was four years old. Rob and Vange were in the car. She was sitting in the back seat. Out of nowhere, her speech was slurred and she found herself simply experiencing this drooling in her mouth. 
She was having a seizure. It quickly took her to the doctor, a neurologist, and they took some EEGs on her brain and they actually saw the seizures. And we all began to pray right away. The seizures continued, continued week after week, month after month, and finally she had a MRI and it showed that she was having a seizure uh, many, many, many times. And the church began to pray. The church in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Boy, we were praying, but nothing changed. And finally, uh, it ended up that Robin Vange wrote like 20 songs during this season. She went eventually uh, to the doctor and she ended up, it got so worse over time that they, they put her in the hospital for like a week. It's interesting, when they did the test, they could find no signs of any seizures. However, sometimes thereafter, she had another seizure. And the doctor says, you're going to have to take this medicine forever. And boy, we went into intercession and prayer, and we really prayed for God to do something great. And as we prayed, and no doctor would recommend this, and you shouldn't do it without really knowing what you're doing. But one day, Vangie was in prayer. And the Lord said, I have healed Gracie. Take her off the medicine. She took her off the medicine. That was in 2009. For 10 years, she has not had one seizure. Today, we are taking our stand against sickness. We're taking our stand against something you have prayed a thousand times for. We're taking our stand for things you have prayed for, and you're tempted to stop praying because nothing has changed at all. Where is God? I don't know. But I do know I do know in my own life and you know in your life, you have seen the hand of God. You have seen him work in your life and you have two options. Go down the road of unbelief because you haven't seen it. Logic, logically, it's a right thing to do. But we're not, we're not running on logic. Or you can go in and say, I prayed for this a thousand times, and I don't know why it hasn't happened, but I'll tell you, I'm going to defy, and I'm going to take my stand in my garden, and I'm going to submit myself to God, and I'm going to submit my, my future to God. Yes, and I'm going I'm to believe God is going to do that. And we say, listen, yes. Yes, you're, you're sitting here, you're, you're a woman, a girl. You're married, you wanna have a baby. You've been praying forever. You haven't seen any baby. I don't, know, I don't have any answers for that. But I do know I have seen God touch women that the doctor said you're not gonna have a baby. And I'm believing on this day in April, April the 7th, I'm believing on this day that we are going to see there are women in this room. You can't have a baby. You want to have a baby. And I'm believing that supernaturally God's going to give you a child in the name of Jesus that you're going to stand and you're going to say yes.
as God is able, he can do more than we imagine. Now, I want us to commit ourselves in this church to prayer. I want us to commit to, to make another step. Take one little step. You're praying five minutes a day in your chair. Go to seven minutes. Take a step. Fathers, your kids better see you in that chair. I can remember seeing my mom and dad praying. It's in my mind. I think about it a lot. They're my models. I want to be a model to my wife, a prayer. When we get up in the morning, I'm in my chair. I want to encourage her. And she's in her chair on Saturday in the back. I went out. She's out there, and she's with her Bible. When I walked out, she inspired me. And you need to be visible so they see. My dad prays. My mom prays. You're a single mother. You pray. On one Wednesday night of the month, and I had this vision about seven years ago, standing room only, thousand plus people. And they know that if they could get to that prayer meeting, signs and wonders are gonna happen. Because I can tell you, we're gonna have a culture of prayer like we have never had before. And we will start a movement of prayer in this church. And we will say, yes, I may not be good at prayer, I may not be great at prayer, but I'm gonna pray. And I'm gonna pray because I want my plot line for my future to be what God wants it to be and it only will be if I pray and you don't have to think you can pray but you can say Jesus Jesus help me to pray like you pray Holy Spirit show me show me and begin praying in the spirit in the morning until there's an eruption a volcano a, a, a volcano that cano that actually erupts here hallelujah and we see this, these fissures. We see these separations. And the enemy is pushed aside. And the weak become strong. I want to speak to the college students that are here and young adults. And the mix and every young person. You lead the way here. And the young in our ministries tonight at, was it, 7, 7.30? The avenue meets you. Be an army of people that pray. And together we will shake the gates of hell. Hallelujah. And that's all I have to say about that. Amen. Nobody move. Nobody move. I forgot my last line. Here's Jesus over here praying. Here are the guys having problems sleeping. And maybe what was happening that Jesus said, he was actually discipling them and he was saying, this is the way I fight my battles. You want to get out of what you're in? Guys, Peter, James, and John, watch me. Because I, this is the way I fight my battles. I fight my battles on my knees. I fight my battles on my face. I fight my battles no matter how many demons are coming after me. I fight my battles and I don't run. Hallelujah. In a minute, we're going to stand. And we are going to sing like we've never pleased. No one, you got an emergency, please go out the back door or something. Because God is going to rip something here this morning. And he's going to shake our church this morning like never before. I want us to stand. Everybody stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Come on. Lift your hands. Come on. Lift your voices. Lift your voices. Begin to say hallelujah. Come on, everyone.
amazing at nine o'clock this morning we had these altars full of people coming to Jesus this cross constantly reminds of us of what Christ did for us because on the cross he took our sins he became sin it makes no logic why any person should be forgiven because it is God supernaturally releasing Jesus to the earth. We don't go after God. He has come after us and he's here today and he's saying, listen, whatever you've done, <laughs> whatever regret you have, whatever shame, guilt, and condemnation that surrounds you with a smiling face of grace. He says, you come and I'll forgive you. There are no exceptions or parentheses. Anything and everything 
minute. I'm going to count to three. And if that's you, all the way in the balcony, the last row, all you have to do is like throw up your hand, say, please pray for me. I want to be forgiven. And I can tell you the love and grace of Jesus is unending. And he receives you with joy in his heart and you come as you are. So do it today. Maybe you're here, you were connected with the Lord and somehow you've lost that connection. You need to, you need to change that. This is the 7th of April. It can be your day. You're watching online. This is, could be your day. So I'm gonna ask all over the building, count to three, if you need to be forgiven of sin, just throw up your hand. One, two, three, put your hand up. It's okay, put it up, put it up, put it up, all over. Yes, I need to be forgiven. Yes, just put it up. Balcony, all the way up there. Yeah, I see you. I'm gonna ask everyone that raised your hand, or maybe you didn't, just walk down the aisle. Just stand right here. No one leave for just a second. Come right now from the balcony all the way down. Come, come, come. This is how I fight my battles. Come, yes, come. Come on, come on. Yes. Yes, yes. Hallelujah. 
all of you that have come, uh, we're not focusing on how bad you are, but we're focusing on how wonderful Jesus is. And it's interesting, all this happens by uh, surrendering our life to Christ. We're saying, Jesus, take my life. And what he is saying is, you pray that prayer to me, and you're basically like giving your life away to Jesus. You're just saying, I'm gonna be following Jesus. I used to follow anyone and everywhere, one, what they said and did, but now I'm gonna follow Jesus. And it all begins like you are. And the focus is on our heart. And my wife has been here hugging you. And this is, we're not an institution here, we're a family. And Pastor Dave is over our new life right here. And so we're gonna like pray this prayer out loud. If you didn't come, you can pray it wherever you are. And then after that, Pastor Dave has a few friends. He's gonna stop, go over to the right here, give you a Bible. And we're gonna live, stay with you in this walk. And so we'll pray this prayer. And we pray it in faith. When we've gone the wrong way, we feel so worthless, like I'm not even worthy. Well, we have great value because Jesus came after us. So let's focus on Jesus. I want to ask everyone to pray this prayer. Your next state, your next decision will be declare openly water baptism. Like, was that great this morning? All these people being baptized. Thank you, Pastor Dave. So let's pray this prayer. And I'd like everyone to join us together. You that are watching online, you can pray right there. And let's say it with strength. Jesus, Jesus. I, put faith in you I put my faith in you that you took my sin on the cross. I, on the cross. I, confess, and believe I confess and believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. And he's alive. I turn from my sin. I repent of my sin, and I abandon my life to follow Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Give me your grace and the gift of righteousness and eternal life. You prayed that prayer from your heart. You're in. I'm going to ask you all.